Hello, and welcome to the Empowerography Podcast. This is a platform created for women's voices to be heard and a place to share their stories, journeys, and successes with the world for the purpose of helping other women who might be on similar journeys. We are empowering women one episode at a time. I'm your host, Brad Walsh, so kick back, grab one of your favorite beverages, and enjoy the stories. The world needs to hear your message and your story, so don't deny the world of that gift within you that the universe has given you. Someone out there needs to hear your story because it will support them in feeling hope, inspired, and even transformed. Do you want to discover how I help get my clients out of their own way, show up, and confidently share their message? I would love to extend an invitation to you to join me in my free masterclass, Start Your Own Podcast from Idea to Implementation, on Wednesday, April 5th at 1 p.m. Eastern. You can find the registry link in the show notes. Hope to see you there. Hello there, Brad Walsh here, your host of the Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest is Shanna Vavra. She is an intuitive, a Reiki master teacher, a spiritual journey mentor, a podcast host, and last, but certainly not least, a mother to four children. Welcome, Shanna. I am so happy to have you here. How are you doing today? I am doing great. Thanks so much for having me. It is my pleasure and my honor to have you here. I am so excited. Thank you for taking and making the time to be here with me today. I'm looking forward to jumping in and sharing all about the beautiful light you put out into the world through the work you do and your journey and your story. So welcome. And with that being said, let us jump right in. So Shanna, that is a hell of a lot of hats you wear and one hell of an extensive resume. And of course, it would seem that there's that most of these hats you wear are very closely tied together in one way or another through the common thread of spirituality. I'm curious, how do you prioritize and how important is prioritization and organization to you? Well, it has to be. As you said, <laughs> many hats. I'd be looking like a clown if I didn't. <laughs> Several different hats on. Well, I think that it's actually been a challenge for me, for Mm -hmm. sure. This is not something that I was brought up in. And I would say that I've really had to adopt a grounded spirituality. And I'll be honest with you, I definitely love to be in that meditative state. It's like a vacation. <laughs> I'm going to just get away. But then the kids are like, hey, mom, are you going to cook dinner today? Um, I'm going to come back down to earth. Put so- on the mom hat. <laughs> Right. Yeah. And so grounded spirituality really sounded like opposite, right? I mean, grounded. how can I be grounded and spiritual at the same time? And I have to say, I've talked to many rabbis who say that's what Shabbat is for. And I was like, I like that. I, I would like to adopt a Shabbat. And actually, coincidentally, it is on my Saturdays that I do absolutely nothing. I don't look at my phone. I try to be as present as I can with my house, with my family, with doing things outside of work. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I think just trying to find a balance. Now, wearing multiple hats, I'd love to know, what does your morning routine look like? That's shifted over the years. I think that it may have looked like different things over the years, whether I had a puppy, which was a challenge, or... Yes, that's another child. (laughs) Right, exactly. So it depends on what's going on in my life. Currently, and actually something I think that I've always enjoyed is like just getting my cup of coffee in the morning. and, And this is before everyone wakes up. 
to because once everyone wakes up, then I'm being pulled and then mom's not happy if she doesn't get just that maybe 10, 15 minutes out in the backyard. Usually it's because of my dogs that I'm bringing them outside, <laughs> but just kind of sitting with the sun, sitting with the temperature, the sun rays, letting it like just feeling it on my skin and being very present. I love the birds. Everyone knows this about me. I'm like a bird lady. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I've got so many. I mean, they all have their own personalities, the different kinds of birds. You'd be amazed the kind of birds are in my backyard. And just sitting and watching even the trees as they shift through the different seasons and just experiencing that impermanence of every day is forever changing. But yet that is the one constant thing for me that actually starts my day off right. That's a non-negotiable. Yeah, I actually really love it when the moon is out in the morning and of sense just that masculine and feminine energy both in the sky with me. Yeah. It is beautiful to see that. I was out on a walk last week and that's exactly, you could see the moon in the sky and the sun's here. It's beautiful and so powerful. It is. Yeah. Shanna, what were you doing for a living before making the jump into entrepreneurship and what inspired your leap into becoming an entrepreneur? Well, I've done a lot of ancestry work. You Mm -hmm. and I talked about that before. Yeah. And it became a huge part of my journey. And one thing I learned was that for generations, my dad's family had been Mm -hmm. business owners one generation after. They always had a Vavra store. (laughs) (laughs) And my dad did have, we had a family business. My, My dad owned a sports equipment store and he supplied all of the youth leagues and the officials and the schools here in Colorado. And I was always a part of that as well as a mom. So, but it wasn't really my vibe. And I remember telling my dad, I don't think that selling sports equipment is really what I want to do for the rest of my life. And he's like, are you kidding me? You bring your kids to work. I pay you well. What more would you want in life? And I'm like, well, I, I kind of did just a little bit more meaning to my, well, and, and truly what he was doing was his passion. It wasn't mine, but I did learn a lot from my dad being in a family business. Mm-hmm. And I, I actually regretfully saw him work himself to death. Wow. He didn't have that balance. He died very young. He was a one-man business and he worked from morning till night. And I definitely have that in me. So that grounded spirituality is very important. Also being grounded and not working 24 hours. And I think my kids, if they're listening, they're like, yeah, you work 24 hours. <laughs> they but would disagree with mama. <laughs> they would disagree. I try not to on Saturdays. Shabbat. Yeah, I definitely have it in my DNA, but they were all men. All yeah. of these business owners were men. So I saw my little brother. He took over my dad's store and kept one open. And I just didn't even think to myself for some reason probably because of just the role models in my life that I could be in that role. I've come to learn, and actually it was through other women who were in the same business who kept on saying stuff like, you're really good at this. I love your business perspective. I like how you do this. And I was like, really? And then I thought to myself, well, I really learned all that through my dad and working for him. So 
I said, why not? Why can't I be and continue that legacy of being a business owner? Just having that mindfulness bit though, to not work as much as your father and yeah. to take the time for you to recharge, right? It's so important. And that I think that's a huge lesson for entrepreneurs to learn is that you don't have to put in 20, 24 hours a day. Like you have to give yourself time to recharge and refresh. Yes. And you have to set hours because sure. it's so easy to when it's your own, just to work whenever and all day and all the time. And so it's something that I'm still working on. Well, we're a work in progress. And it's also, I think it's tough too, because you love what you do. When we love what we do, it's hard to set those deadlines, set those parameters that, no, I'm only working this amount of hours a day and that's it, right? It's very hard to implement that. Yeah, and I really do. I oftentimes just think it's fun conversations like this. Yeah. And later on when I'm editing it, that yes. it's <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. Right. Shanna, what drives, motivates, and inspires you to keep going and excelling at all that you do? That's a question that I actually I had to ask myself this year because I did have a podcast host who is my best friend and still is. She's my other half. But when she decided not to return for this year, I thought, oh, can I do this by myself? It's this little voice, this little, and I had to put her in timeout fairly quickly. But for an entire day, I thought, I don't know if I can do it by myself. And then it was some emails that were coming in after I announced that Mandy, my co-host, wasn't going to continue. They were like, well, I really hope that you are still going to. And I thought, I don't know if I can, but I had been doing it already. And hmm. I sometimes forget that I have so many people listening. So oftentimes I'm, I'm talking to my amazing guest and they'll say something and I think about one person. One person pops up and I'm like, ooh, they're gonna love to hear this or I really need to shoot this episode over to them. But really when I look at the numbers and I realize, holy cow, that's a lot of people that listen to this. Can you imagine if you were actually physically standing in front of that many people and then you just decided to fall off? <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm sure has happened to many people who you're there every day or every week go to to be inspired on their journey. And that is how I got to where I am today is through other podcasts, just like mine. And yeah. they are part of my journey. And so I feel like my purpose is a little bit bigger than I think sometimes. Mm -hmm. And I want to continue to be that person that helps people find their spark within. Love it. That's a beautiful mission. I want to dive into and start discussing some spirituality stuff. And I know this is your jam and you love this stuff. So I'm very curious, first of all, to hear how your spiritual journey began. Was there a catalyst moment in your life that kind of led you down the spiritual path? If so, could you share that with us? I grew up Christian. My family on both sides, I mean, for generations, very deeply rooted Catholic. And I even in high school wanted to be a pastor. Wow. <laughs> I <know>. Okay. <laughs> I, you know, I, I can't tell you how many people I brought to Jesus. <laughs> many. And I even taught Sunday school. Wow. I loved it. I asked myself this question years ago, and it really was a catalyst. So I asked, how much of what I believe in was I told to believe in? And of that, how much had I actually experienced for myself? That's a big question. Yeah. Yeah. How much of everything that I was trying to be and do 
was I just told that's the way it should be. This is what you should believe. This is who you should be. I knew that I had experienced love. That was something I could feel sense that I really love my children. I love my family. And I could feel that. I experience it. And I'll be honest with you. I've even in church many times felt this Holy Spirit or some sort of energy filled me up that seemed divine. It seemed like a magical, mystical experience, however you look at it. It was something that it was almost euphoric. And I had tripped on mushrooms a few times too. (laughs) (laughs) Let's clarify that right now. (laughs) For sure. And so I've had these experiences, but most of what I wanted to be and who I was being was not really of my choice. It was This is the perfect American wife, mother. I was in a box of what everybody wanted me to believe and do. And so I started to live my life seeking more of those experiences. That became my truth. And it also was something that no one ever could take from me. I knew this to be my experience, my truth. And I started to live my life according to that. And so... When and how did you realize you had these spiritual gifts and are an intuitive? And did you struggle internally to understand it all at first, to realize the gifts you had? Or was it fairly easy for you to embrace? Well, I think that since I was a little kid, as far as long as I can remember, I always had very vivid dreams. I had experiences at night. I was always Mm. going on Archangel Michael, pleading the blood of Jesus, whatever I had to do. Because I felt like the boogeyman was in my room. (laughs) (laughs) And so, which was an experience too, right? That was Mm -hmm. was a very real fear of something unknown that you couldn't see with your physical eyes. But yet I could feel it. I could feel it. That was my experience. And I also was very sensitive in the fact that I wanted to comfort those who were sad because I could feel that they were sad. Or I was so happy, brought to tears because I could feel the happiness for another person. I didn't know that it was a, there was a name for it, being an empath. But I think that I am very much a very empathic person, have been my whole life, and was even ashamed of that. I mean, it was called ninny baby or you're overly sensitive or actually what even developed as I became a massage therapist. After my dad passed, I went and got another career. I would, if one of my clients had a headache, I'd leave with a headache. If someone had a a pain in the right foot, well, I thought I was crazy, but all of a sudden my right foot hurt. It was like, I realized that I was taking on other people's energy is really what it was. And that to me, was the first time I realized that I was more than a meat suit. There was some sort of energy. <laughs> I love <thing>. that phrase. <laughs> I love it, Shanna. <laughs> but, yeah, it's true, though. It's just, and actually, we're more energy than we are, this physical body, way more. There's only a few percentage of us that's actual physical, and I'm surprised I can see you. <laughs> but mm-hmm. the energy between us has no distance even. I can see very clear. And no one ever questions that. This was another experience for myself that 
I needed to learn more about this. I wanted to explore this. When you're in the massage business or in body work as a body worker, you are experiencing these energies, even if it's unconscious. And so I wanted to learn more. I learned all kinds of modalities. I learned cranial sacral therapy, different Eastern modalities like Akutsu, Reiki. And I found that not only did it help me understand my own energy, but then I could actually help others do the same. And it was pretty remarkable. That's powerful. Yeah, it is. And so when did you really start to embrace your gifts and use them to help other people? Well, interesting enough, my Reiki has evolved quite a bit since I started. And I started to understand that if I got them deep into almost like a theta brainwave prior to giving them Reiki, that they would be more receiving this than rejecting it. Because we have so many okay. conditions going through our head. Yeah. This is a bunch of BS. Am I really experiencing this? You could talk yourself out. Yeah. Just being. And plus, we have such a hard time turning off our mind. We do. You know, just to relax. So my job became to get them down to a place where they were just being no rejection of what I was about to do. So I would do these mini meditations and really it just started with kind of doing a body scan, letting them kind of bring awareness to their feet and all the way up. And then by the time I get all the way up to their head, they're toast. And so then I administer the Reiki and then they're receiving it. But what happened was I noticed that my imagination started to become a part of the process. I begin to see things, not just the body scan. Then it was like, I wanted to bring them somewhere. And so I would just follow what I was seeing. I mean, I'm so unpredictable with my sessions. I never know where we're going to go. <laughs> so I started to say, imagine that you're on a beach and breathe in the air. And then all of a sudden I'm seeing more of this beach. And I'm seeing like the waves coming up, hitting their feet. And I'm just telling them what I'm seeing. But what was crazy is that after hundreds of clients, and it really was like throughout a year, I started to notice I was bringing the same people into a unique space just for them. Like with Sally, we only went to this tree. And then I noticed that we were only going to this beach and we would meet her dad like evolved. And at <laughs> first, I mean, I would have never known what I was doing unless I had so much experience and then they were like, yeah, okay, let's do this. Bring me back to that tree. I want to talk to my dad. <laughs> but it was amazing. That and sounds so, incredible. And I don't know what it's called. I mean, I had one client who helped me kind of name it. She said, you should call them soul immersion sessions. Ah, that's beautiful. Yeah. So that's what we did. <laughs> and so how did you get yourself? Because, I mean, we all deal with, as you described, those that external noise, the internal noise, the imposter, all of those things. How did you get through that when it pops up for you? How do you deal with it? Mm, the, that little ego. Well, first uh -huh. of all, I love, we had a guest on years ago. She called it her drunk best friend. <laughs> my favorite. So my little drunk best friend. But really, I think what that voice is, we shouldn't ignore it, actually. It's if, if it's coming in and it's telling you the same thing all the time, then it's really just trying to get your attention that something needs to be healed. Something needs to be heard. Something needs to be seen. However it is, 
but it's coming in there not to make you crazy, but to actually help you evolve past that. So mine that was saying, you can't do this by yourself was something that I told myself so many times throughout my life. And so listening to that and saying, wait a minute, who are you saying this? How old are you? Sometimes even just sitting with those lies that we tell ourselves (laughs) and and just really trying to investigate a little bit, which I'm an investigator. I love a good mystery. So, and actually one that had come up for me was like, you always quit in that same, you can't do this. Why can't I do this? Well, cause you're just going to quit. You're not, you just quit. So that's one that came up a lot and I actually tracked it all the way back to when I quit softball. I was like oh. in fourth grade. It's not a wow. traumatic experience. Not mm-hmm. it wasn't sexual abuse. I mean, which I do have all that too. But this one, the I quit came from that. My dad was so devastated when I quit. In fact, he even talked about it on his deathbed to the wow. nurse. She was such a good softball player and she quit. But the thing was, I realized it was me and my dad's thing. And he was yeah. devastated because I quit something that was, he felt a really fun thing to do with me. And so it really wasn't about me quitting. It was about, he felt maybe me pulling away from him in some way. Wow. That, the self-awareness there though, to be able to take yourself back and really take the time to think about it put in the work and realize, wait a minute, this wasn't me. This isn't my voice, really. It's my dad's. That's powerful. And that's very healing, too. And I, I love just that. Rena- I renamed it. I mean, honestly, I thought about why I quit because I was wanting to go get some makeup on and, and put on a skirt <laughs> and I didn't want to get dirty anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Evolving. <laughs> yeah. Shanna's evolution. I love it. Yes. Yes, into her divine feminine. <laughs> yes. Now, as mentioned off the top, Shanna, you're trained in multiple areas and modalities. Can you speak a little bit about these modalities and how you incorporate those into the work you do with your clients? Yeah, it's funny. I do. Even with my ancestry, I had went and took some classes, some shamanic journeying classes. And a lot of the things that I teach now and that I use now are all things that I really did originally for myself, for my own journey. And it's funny because I've I've fallen into so many and I continue to. I'm a seeker. Like I said, I love mystery and I'm a student all the time. You probably feel that way too. Yeah, absolutely. So always learning, which we're lucky for that because that means our brains are going to be a lot healthier. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Absolutely. You're right. We have to keep our minds active. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I studied Reiki and actually I went a lot deeper. One of the reasons was I found this little letter that my dad had on his desk and it was not like a new, it was on a little post-it and it said, find something that you love and become an expert at it. And he must have wrote it, I think like in the eighties or something, because there were some other notes on the back that correlated with that time. And I felt that way about the chakras. I wanted to learn about my energy centers and I wanted to become an expert at it, really. And that system is old, I think like 10,000 years old. Wow. Yeah. And so it's evolved as it should, as it should. A lot of these old texts really don't apply to today, especially so I'm like in the Old Testament. I'm like, I'm, not <laughs> sure. I, I'm thinking that needs to be amended. <laughs> <laughs> 
we amend the constitution. Some of these things need to be amended. They do evolve. And I've noticed even with the work of understanding the chakras and the system and their developmental stages that they are based on, they have evolved because they match the time that we're in right now. It's very interesting. And so you say that you're a spiritual journey mentor. Can you share with us exactly what a spiritual journey mentor is and what you do as a spiritual journey mentor? I take them really through the chakras. It's funny because I didn't even purposely mean to do this. It just kind of evolved on its own. And so that's when you know you got to keep going because of yes. Like, oh, this is beautiful. Oh, perfect. I love this. <laughs> it unfolded beautifully. Yeah. But when you think about the chakra system, and I'm just talking about the seven main chakras, there's thousands of chakras. Chakras will shock the heck out of you. How many there is? But you start at the root. Okay, this is your first physical chakra. And it's the root of who you are. You come into this world and it actually has the developmental age of zero to seven years old. You're coming into your skeletal system, like the bones of who you are, connecting you to your ancestors, the blood. I always think about red and like the blood, your DNA. You're coming into this world and you're in that theta brainwave, the one that I'm trying to get my clients in. Yes. <laughs> trying to get back there to my younger self where you just played and you didn't care about everything. You didn't care about the kid and what kind of cars mom drove or what school he goes to. You're yeah. just being that yep. presence. You're coming into this presence and you're grounded. And so then you're moving up through the sacral chakra. Now all of a sudden you're like, oh, I'm a girl or I'm a boy. <laughs> what is this? Yeah. And you're going to puberty and you're emotional and you're connecting with your body. Now you're mm -hmm. feeling the body. You're not just in it. And yeah. feelings come up and all of a sudden you are expressing yourself sometimes just because you're so hormonal, but <laughs> yes, you're emotional, whether whatever emotion comes with that, then you're moving up in age. So that was seven to 11, seven to 14, mm -hmm. seven to 14 years old. And that's totally the time when we're going through that. Now you're in your solar plexus and here you are in your in high school into your twenties right? 14 to mm -hmm. 21, hard times. And this yeah. is when the world's looking at you going, who are you going to be when you grow up? What are you going to do with your life? What are you going to get off the couch? What are you going to do? This is your identity. But where is the identity coming from? Is it what everybody else wants you to be? They're reflecting their dreams. They're not so fulfilled life into you or what society wants you to be, what your teachers want you to be. And you're just like, oh my gosh, who am I? If you think you know more than your parents, for sure, at that age. Oh, yes. It's very me age. all about you. It's all about your identity. But you do kind of have your passions. You feel passions in, inside of you. But yet, do they align with what everybody wants them to be? Such a critical age. For I mean, I have kids from 25 to 11. And this age for them is so important because you just want to ask them, what do you want to be? What do you want to do? What lights you up? What, what turns you on? And then you move up into the heart and it's in your 20s and it's okay. Maybe it's not all about me. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe it's not. Maybe I can love someone else. <laughs> and it's more about that compassion for others. But yet it's also a place where we forget to love ourselves. So then moving up to the throat, you're, you're moving into your late 20s, into 30s, and you're like, this is what I want to do. I have a voice. And maybe I didn't voice it 
And a lot of divorces happen around this time. I just move into your, like, in your thirties because you're finally speaking up for yourself and what you want in life. Because in the heart chakra, a lot of times people become new parents. It's just not so much about them, but now you want to speak up. And then you move into your third eye as you move into your thirties and forties and you're reflecting on everything. You're like, overthinking everything really yeah. what have I done with my life should I go back to school am I too old for this can I find my purpose right what am yep. I here for is there more than I thought um, you're seeing things differently your perspective's changing maybe you're even awakening to maybe you're in a box and you went out of yeah. the box all kinds of overthinking people have lots of headaches at this age and then you're moving up to the crown and this is where I am. And you just want to be left a hell alone. <laughs> you just want peace and quiet and moments with the tree and the sun and the moon. <laughs> and you just want peace. You want quiet. You find this solace, that this time for yourself. And you just want to discover inward. You're more inward. You're more connected. You're more present. Wisdom. Right. As you move to your fifties, it's not so much about how much knowledge do you know? It's what have I learned from my mistake? How can I share this with the collective? Right. It's not just you even. And then you start all over at 50. (laughs) By the time you get to a hundred, you die. (laughs) When you finally (laughs) figured it out. (laughs) But I love to take my clients and, and not just my clients, my friends, my children, all of them through our energetic center, our energetic centers of our multidimensional you and show them that this is life. This is normal. This is all purposeful. And it's beautiful and powerful. Shanna, I, I love and find it interesting that you chose and used the title of mentor as opposed to coach. What was the logic or thinking behind that decision? Was it a conscious decision not to use the word coach and use the word mentor instead? And why did you choose that if so? That's a good question. I've always been a coach. I coached my kids. I did two years of soccer, never played a day in my life. I did coach softball, which I did know. You did play, yes. yes. I did. My dad even helped me. And I coached seven years of cheerleading. I was a director on the boards, always in a role. And really, it wasn't ever because I wanted to tell them what to do, but I just loved children. And I wanted to, if no one else was going to stand up and volunteer, I was always that go-to. Well, Shannon will do it. (laughs) Now I hide, by the way. (laughs) I have done my time volunteering. And when they ask for volunteers, you'll see me hiding behind the door. But I have always been in that role. And I've always been that friend. And it's more of a walking aside you. It's not saying I'm leading, follow me. Because we're all too unique for that. And what worked for me may not work for you. So it's more of... It's more of even a friendship. I wish I could just call it a friend. Maybe yeah. I not want to hire a friend. <laughs> All of my clients have always become my friends. So, but yeah, and I learn from them too. I've always, I, there's never been a time I haven't had a client where I've mentored that I haven't learned from them. Many people find solace and guidance in their spiritual beliefs. Can you share a personal experience where your spiritual guidance has had a profound impact in someone's life? What were the key teachings and insights that helped transform their journey? That's a hard question. (laughs) What comes to mind is what I was saying before, that when I am able 
to get someone to relax enough where they can feel their energy. I remember one time I had this guy on my table. He's what is that? He let me do a little Reiki. And I was like, well, what do you mean? What are you experiencing? Well, I feel fuzzy. I mean, well, that's energy. And he's, wow, I never felt this before. I was like, are you sure? Just trying to even have him connect with back if he had ever experienced. And he couldn't at the moment. But, you know, I really find it so fun to take someone who hasn't had that experience and make them aware of their energy. And the only real thing that comes up for me, actually, it's not even a client. It was my son. He's on the spectrum. And one of his challenges is he's hypotonic. So he doesn't feel like we do. So he lost every tooth, never told me. He didn't feel it. So he's hypo. So he doesn't feel very well. You have to really push on him and do compression. So he's not so sure about his surroundings because he can't sense that naturally. So he's always been afraid to be in hallways or close in crowds and or close to people. Well, he was going into high school and it was his first day. We hadn't set up any kind of accommodations for him. And he was just hysterical. He came home. He was like, he had to go when everybody else did in the hall, which he had never done. Usually they would right. hold him either before or after everybody moved in the hallways. But this, his first day, I mean, he was panicked. And yeah. so I just thought we're in the kitchen and I said, listen, I want you to put your hands out and I want you to walk towards me and I want you to close your eyes while you walk towards me. And I want you to tell me if you can feel me in the air as you walk towards me, if you could feel something. And now, of course, he's on the spectrum. He doesn't have the drunk best friend. Not as yeah. much. Okay. So yeah. He just literally is raw. He's not telling himself this is BS. He doesn't have that. So he's walking towards me. And I teach this in my Reiki classes. He by far was the easiest person to teach this. <laughs> he felt me and he was like, what is that mom? I feel this. It's hot. It's fuzzy. It's burning. He was saying all these things. And then I said, I'm going to walk towards you. And I did it. I said, close your eyes. I want you to tell me when you could feel me. I mean, I barely took a step. That boy could feel me. Wow. So then I thought about how that might feel in a hallway full of children. Well, and not even children anymore. He was going in high school. So I said, all right, I want you to imagine that you have a superhero power that you can put up a protective whatever you want in front of you. And so, of course, he loves Marvel. So he's got all <laughs> yeah. whatever. And then I said, I'm going to walk towards you. I want you to imagine that you have the shield up. And sure enough, I felt it stronger than I'd ever felt anyone's protective bubble. Wow. He shielded himself and I felt the resistance. And I said, can you feel me? And he said, not like before. And I said, well, then all you have to do when you walk through the hallway is put that shield up. And he did. And it got better. Incredible. It was so cool. That is amazing. Yeah. Fuck. Holy shit. Power. Unbelievable. We tell ourselves that we can't do that. That's yeah. not possible. But you do know it, though. You know those people that walk down the halls in high school and they had the chip on the shoulder and everyone mm. moves out of the way? They had yeah. that unconscious protection yeah. around them. Absolutely. 100%. Spirituality often involves exploring and understanding the purpose and meaning of life. And we've spoken about this, finding the meaning, finding your purpose. How do you guide individuals in finding their purpose or aligning with their spiritual path? 
Yeah, here's the interesting thing about that is that I would almost say it would be impossible for me to create a program that was one size fits all. So we are just far too unique as individuals and as souls for us and our alert, the way we learn, right? The different way we experience energy, all that is so unique to each of us and also very purposeful for each of us. I'm so jealous for the people that can sit there and receive mediumship and they're just going, I'm like, wow, it's incredible. But mine comes in a different way. So I really find it hard to believe that someone can actually teach something from a textbook in this way. So I personalize all of my clients' programs. I have a template, but I want to know, first of all, why do you want to do this? What are you desiring? What's your desired outcome? And what's been in the way of stopping you that you would even need me? And that's where you need to start. And we all have things that are blocking us from achieving. But a lot of times it's there because we're not ready because we don't have the tools to actually confront those things, which is okay. It's all on divine time. And so it's never for me to say, "Mm, I know exactly what this person needs. (laughs) Because no, I don't. And I tried to do that even with myself. I've tried to. So as in how, like what it looks like for a program. It's just, it's very personal. It's very personal to what that person wants to have as a desired outcome and also what they need to maybe to get through. But I tell you this much, you can't go straight to the crown chakra. You have to do the work. You have to work your way up. You have to work your way up, just like in the developmental stages of the chakras. And that's what I have found is the easiest way to work with that system where almost everybody can understand that. So you also, that, as you said, you have to be ready to receive it too. You totally do. I've had many things where I'm like, God, stubborn, stubborn things within me that didn't come out for years. And I thought, why didn't, you know, why haven't I healed this a long time ago? But I didn't have the tools. I didn't have the tools. I didn't have the space. I wasn't in the right time. I didn't have the support. You know, I mean, there's many things that have to align for you to align with that part of your healing journey. Yeah. As they say, all the stars have to align for things to happen. So yeah, I want to speak a little bit about the podcast now. As mentioned off the top, you are the host of a podcast. Can you tell us a bit about the podcast, what the title is, subject matter? Is it interview style? Is it solo, a mix of both? And what inspired you to start a podcast? Yeah, so Sense of Soul, that experience that I was talking about earlier, when I found out I wasn't just a meat suit, (laughs) (laughs) I experienced that Sense of Soul. And really, I was tricked into it. (laughs) through a mindfulness class from a therapist who just got done diagnosing me with ADHD. And I have no problem being mindful. Didn't you just tell me that? So I I went to this mindfulness class that she suggested. And as I sat there in that class of, I don't know, it was probably about 12, never did anything like that before. Sat there and I said, God, you suck at breathing. You can't even breathe. You can't do this right. This is a waste of your time. You should be at home taking care of the kids. You could be doing dishes. Oh gosh, you better not forget to go do this later. I could not shut off my brain, but it was the most awareness that I ever had that there was that ego, right? That best friend talking crap to me the entire time. I would never talk to a single person like that, the way I was talking to myself. It was horrific. And then I thought about how often I did that. I started to pay attention and started listening. And then it was like, who's listening? Wait, 
do I have multi-personality? You do go through this. Am I crazy? But really it was when I really realized it was that ego versus soul. I realized that there was these two voices in my head and one was a shit talker and the other one was like, you know what? You are perfect in every way. You're good. And you can always begin again. You don't have to give up. You are worth it. It was almost like the little angel and the little devil devil. on the shoulders, like in the cartoons. It was like that. And I wanted to hear more of what I thought was my soul. And I remember sharing that with Mandy, my co-host. And she was like, that's some good shit. And I'm like, (laughs) it's true. I'm like, listen. I was like, just take a chance and listen. And then she came back and was like, holy crap, you're right. I'm terrible to myself. And I was like, I know, do you ever think I would talk to you that way? I'm like, do you think that God would ever talk to you that way? I was like, what is that? And you realize that it does come from, you didn't come into this world with this. This is from your experiences. So we started then talking more about it. And really, Mandy and I only had each other to talk about. Everyone else thought we were losing our minds. (laughs) (laughs) Really, truly. And we started meditating, or I started meditating. And I remember people saying, be careful, be careful. I was like, I don't know what I'm being careful from. I'm I'm literally feeling better than I ever have. I don't even have pain anymore, which prior to the ADHD, I was diagnosed with fibromyalgia. (laughs) Right. I I mean, literally, I didn't have pain. I didn't have anxiety. I had anxiety my whole life. It was going away. I was sleeping better. And then I did, of course, because I'm a researcher. I love to research. Seeker. Yeah, a seeker. I'm like, holy crap, when you meditate, you're releasing all the things I was taking in pill form. You're releasing melatonin and serotonin. You're releasing dopamine, right? That's happening. You don't need to take it. And really, truly, my life started to reflect that there was transformation, that I was evolving in my life and the voice that loud voice that was just horrible she just got quieter and my soul came to the forefront and i realized i was an energetic being that was infinite and not finite mm-hmm. but the part of shanna that forever is no matter if i die you'll still speak of me as the same energy doesn't die. And so I wanted to share that with other people other than just Mandy. I I thought for sure someone might listen that doesn't think we're crazy. And even (laughs) if it's just one person, we didn't have a community to talk about this with, but we did know there was other people. And when we found them, we found ourselves telling the same stories. So finally we just recorded it and said, now you can go and listen here. (laughs) And it just... It just evolved. And we started out just telling our story of how our journey evolved, kind of we have today. And then all of a sudden, other people wanted to talk to us <laughs> <laughs> and tell their stories too. Yeah. And it became a safe space for you to be vulnerable and to share your pain to purpose because we all have experienced that. I love it. Shanna, what would you say is one of the most important things you've learned in your life? And what was your life like before you learned it? And what was your life like after learning it? Awareness, number one. Like I said, I was diagnosed with ADHD. So awareness was not something that I was (laughs) 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 even knew existed. And now it's become, like I said, every morning, it's become every part of my every day. Not just that, listening to someone speak so I can hear 
and learn from them. There's so much you see when you're present and aware. I mean, synchronicity has become a part of my everyday. I would say it's my greatest spiritual gift in leading me, but you would never find it in the life that I was living before, driving around like a chicken without a head in a one-legged man and ass kicking contest. I mean, <laughs> literally, I was so busy. But you still can be busy and be present that I have discovered. But the awareness, it's something that changed my life. Um, And awareness can also be listening to the voice, right? Awareness of your patterns that you have in life, right? Your relationship. Why do you keep picking the same type of person to be your friend or your partner? Why does certain things cause a rise in emotions? So awareness to me is key. Is the key to yeah. everything. And it was there a second part of that question. What, did, oh. what was your life like before learning it? Oh, yeah. A shit show. <laughs> <laughs> Plain and simple. It was just a shit yeah. show. <laughs> it was full of pain. And I even had memory issues because literally I was on so many meds because I had to be to get through my day. And I had no tools. And I didn't even know what awareness was. It was just, I would call it clusterfuck in my brain. Is what I <laughs> And yeah, awareness, it definitely saved my life. What do you think your unique skill set or superpower is that's helped you become successful? Well, I would hope, I mean, I get told this a lot and I hope that it is true, is being authentic. Just being authentic and having good intentions. I've never wanted to do this for me. Well, actually, it did start off with sharing my journey, but it was sharing it with other people so that they too would know that you're not crazy or get out of that box. And I know it's uncomfortable when you come out of the box to experience stuff. Like don't just be a minion. Go out and find what's your truth and be authentic to yourself. Discern, use your discernment. Your body is a freaking truth detector. Another thing, like I said with my son, listen to your body. If it doesn't feel right, it didn't feel right for him. It was overwhelming. Make accommodations for yourself to get through this world and through this life. It's tough, but it's got to be for you. We're too individual to just be in a box. And so live authentically in your own truth. Make your own traditions. What are you celebrating Christmas for if you don't believe that's when his birthday is? Or you call it something different. I don't know. Be authentic. Show up in this world real. Okay. Don't try to live your parents' dreams or the the American way. Actually, it's not even respected anymore to do so. (laughs) Be yourself. And I hope that people think that about me because really everything I do does come from my heart. And I I put my, I mean, this podcast is my baby (laughs) and my work is my baby. And there's just nothing but love really truly behind it. How do you define success? What does that word mean to you, Shanna? I think it's, I think it's really truly being able to accept all the things that aren't perfect about you. That's success. I love that. That's a beautiful definition. Yeah. And that, that really is successful because none of us are perfect. So you look at success as seeing it as going to the top of the mountain. Well, guess what? There's a whole bigger mountain over there that you're going to have to get through. And you're going to be very disappointed if you just got to the top of that mountain and you thought it was just all over. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, you're stronger with each mountain you climb, but just know and accept that life is ups and downs. Struggles comes and go. Nothing is 
finite right here. This world, our beautiful mother nature showing us our teacher of impermanence that everything changes, everything evolves. So nothing ever is finite. I mean, literally you will constantly have awakenings. People are like, I'm so woke. No, you woke once. (laughs) I have awakenings sometimes weekly. So it's just accepting. It's just really, truly accepting that nothing is permanent. Nothing is perfect. Nothing is finite. We are perfectly imperfect. Yeah. I love it. But that is success. I mean, because really at that point you have no attachments, no expectations. There you go. That's it. And you just are happy with just being. Your mind is so nice in that place. Yeah. so good in that place. That would be success. Just to have a peaceful mind. Who in your life has had the biggest impact on you and why? Oh, Lord. There's many. (laughs) It's funny because as all these amazing people just went through my head, I felt my throat. I felt the energy move up to my throat. That's that discernment and feeling the energy moving up because I felt emotion. Hmm. And it moved up to my throat saying, oh, you're going to (laughs) cry. You're going to totally cry. No, there's lots of people. It's hard to say just one, but honestly, my children have been my greatest teachers in so many As they usually are. Yeah, they have. They've been my biggest challenges and they still are. (laughs) Yeah. They've been my greatest teachers. But if I had one, I think all of my children, even my son, who's on the spectrum, has actually been the most blessing and has probably taught me the most. Because if you look at a child who struggles socially or with their senses or intellectually, most of them are very sensitive to energy. Put, you know, something over their ears to yeah. the sound. They have to they turn down the lights because they're sensitive to light. Ethan had to make accommodations to stay away from, you know, the crowds. And all this is because of their senses. Because they're sensitive. Mm-hmm. When you think about what an empath is, they are sensitive to all the energy around them. We yes. are energetic beings, right? So we're constantly as vibrations and frequencies and they're being exchanged and we're touching people's energy bubbles that are going through a lot. Just when you're walking through the grocery store and the more you are sensitive and the more you are energy, the more you are light, the more you are closer to not even being in this meat suit. You're closer to force. You don't have the ego. That's right. And so when I have ever been around anybody who has a disability or mental illness, even actually people in addiction who are deep into their addiction, who are trying to recover, those people are so, they're raw. They're so raw. And it has been within all of those situations, dealing with I've been in Al-Anon for years and years because I have addicts and alcoholics around me. Being around kids with special needs, being around people with mental illness. We have lots of it in our family. Those situations and those people have been my greatest teachers because they taught me compassion. And they taught me that I want to be more like them. I want to be more raw. I'm going to be more yeah. close to the source and less with this human clusterfuck in my brain. <laughs> Shanna, what does the word empowerment mean to you? A lot. I think it means freedom, but I think it's something right now that we're reclaiming. It's not something I think that many of us maybe even have innate in us anymore. I think it's been churched out, spanked out. The systems have kind of taken that from us. Yeah. And so when, when you find moments in your life where you're able to reclaim your power, you, that's when you feel empowerment. You're like, oh my gosh, you're, and you know what? It's an experience. 
It has to be more of that. It can't be, this is where your power comes from and this is how you get it and believe that. No, you have to experience power. And right now it's a reclamation. It's a restoring of that to humans again, because I feel like we've been kept small for so long. We have, for sure. It's a freedom. It's an, an individual, personal, spiritual, even freedom. Okay, we're going to jump into a little rapid fire section. So the next grouping of questions just be one, two, three word answer type thing. Okay. 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 Cool. You got this. Okay. How would you describe yourself in one word? Sensitive. If you came with a warning label, what would yours say? My goodness, a warning label. Let her have her space. What's one thing you want but cannot buy with money? Peace on earth. What's one thing you love about yourself that is not related to your physical appearance? I'm very compassionate. If you could teach the world one thing, what would it be? That they're more than a meat suit. <laughs> I love it. I just do it for you now. <laughs> I know you do. <laughs> what is one of your favorite quotes? The kingdom is inside of you and it's outside of you. When you wow. come to know yourself, you will become known. And that is in the book of Thomas. Beautiful. I love that. That concludes our rapid fire section. Now back to our regularly scheduled program. What is something surprising you've learned about yourself in the last year? Ooh, gosh, I feel like I've learned a lot, which is good Mm -hmm. because we should be continuing to evolve and grow. I'm going to be honest with you. The most shocking thing is that I don't need anybody else. I literally, I think, always felt more comfortable. Even, hey, I got to go to the bathroom. You want to come with me? Yeah. But I've always kind of been that person because I've always had a lot of people around me mm-hmm. and I've never really been comfortable being alone. And I do need my space. And if I don't get it, then I'm just a little bit more in that place of maybe in fear even. I yeah. need that almost that grounded spirituality. <laughs> <laughs> As we talked about yeah. at the beginning. Right. Yeah. Exactly. What is one lesson that your career has taught you that you think everybody should learn at some point in their life? Discernment. That your body is a truth detector. I don't know if you've ever, have you ever done the discernment exercise? No. Oh, I'd love to do this because it always shocks people. But you close your eyes and you think Mm -hmm. about something that you love. Just think about something that you love. Something that could be like French fries. I love French fries. Not a person, not a person, but just a thing Mm -hmm. or something that really makes you happy. You got something? Mm-hmm. Okay. And just feel your body as you think about it. Think about how does, how does your breath, how are you breathing, your heart, the temperature, the muscles even on your face as you think about mm-hmm. this thing you love. All right. Now open your eyes real quick. I can't wait to hear what it is, but close your eyes again. Now I want you to tell yourself that you hate that thing you said you loved. You hate it. You don't want it. And as you say you hate it, how's your breathing? How's the muscles in your face? Sense it. How's your heart feel? You hate that thing. All right. Now say you love it. I don't want you to say you hate it. I love it. There's a huge difference. Yeah. Just imagine how our bodies are all day long as we're sitting there lying and listening to that little voice that's lying to us saying you're not good enough. How does your body align with you not good enough? It's a lie. It's not the truth. Mm -hmm. Your body knows when it's aligned with the truth or not. It tells you. It doesn't feel good, right? When right. you lie to yourself, your muscles tensed up. Even sometimes you breathe differently. You're rejected. More labored. Yeah. Your body doesn't mm-hmm. like it. When you're aligned with the truth of what you love, your soul and your body were like, yes, this feels It's a hell yes. It feels amazing. 
there's a huge difference. We're not taught to trust our bodies, to use that discernment that lives within you in your solar plexus to tell you, am I making the right decision in my life? Am I doing the right thing? Am I in the right relationship? How does your body feel? Don't ask me. Don't look up online. Tune into your body. Yeah. Nobody else knows better than you. Thank you for that, Shanna. Yeah. It's a good one. What is your why? Sometimes I feel like it's not even a choice. It's like breathing. And you're right though. It's not even, it doesn't even feel like a job. It Mm -hmm. feels good in my body, right? There you go. Back to that discernment. (laughs) It's my passion. I found my spark within and I want nothing more but to help other people have the awareness of theirs. Yeah, that's a beautiful thing. And truly, when you find that thing that makes your fucking soul sing and the fact that when you do find that, that it impacts and gives back to other people, you've fucking won the lottery twice. It is fucking incredible. This is a full body. Yes, this is. Yeah, this is discernment. When you find that that is, it's fucking powerful. There's nothing more powerful than that. God, you're so right. And we're so lucky because I know you feel the same absolutely yeah, i know I'm so it's incredible lucky. it's priceless it is it is you can't and you can't even honestly you can't even fully put it into words there aren't enough words to describe that feeling it's so true yeah. it's just like you said it's yeah. that body it's that body discernment it's that alignment and it's you feel it in every fiber of your being yeah if i ever felt that i didn't want to be here Kind of like when I was at my dad's store where I was like, yeah. this doesn't feel right. Yeah. I had on someone else's clothes. Yeah. <laughs> you know? That's it. But your body knows, right? No one else can tell you. Right. It, it's so powerful. Shanna, if you had the opportunity to sit down and have a one hour conversation with one woman, any woman in the world, who would it be and why? Do they have to be alive? Nope. <laughs> really? Go really deep. You can. Well, there are a few people here on earth and I still plan on having conversations with them, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) I absolutely do. But recently, in fact, I have spoke with her and I want to have her on my podcast. Her name's Elizabeth Schrader. She got her, her master's in religious study and she recently discovered, or I I think in the past five years, but now she's using her voice and it's getting out there, had discovered in the book of John, in the oldest book of John, it's in Papyrus 66, that there was a very significant error. And this significant error caused Mary of Bethany to actually not be who truly who she was, Mary Magdalene. And Mary Magdalene has been suppressed and has been absolutely, I mean, fake news campaign against Mary Magdalene, okay? (laughs) Yeah. For 2,000 years, I mean, she was Mary of Bethany. This is what this scripture in the error actually then proved. And I mean, this is huge. This is huge. Massive, yeah. It is, because it shows the importance of Mary Magdalene. And of course, we should have already known that. Because in the Bible, it said that she was the first person that Jesus went to after his resurrection. Duh. Hello. He didn't go to you, Peter. Okay. (laughs) Now, she's also a huge part of the Gnostic Gospels. And there is a Gospel of Mary Magdalene. And it's amazing. And we should have known. And it has been since, I think it was some Pope who said, 
not too long ago, that he renamed her the Apostle of All Apostles, as she should be, which most people don't even know that. That has been. But if I could sit and talk to anybody, it would probably be Mary Magdalene. Powerful. Because she absolutely had the wisdom of the divine feminine that was left out, suppressed, hidden, buried in the Nagamati. Shanna, if you could go back and give your younger self one piece of advice, what would that piece of advice be? You are enough. You are enough. Love it. Yeah. Lastly, if you were to deliver your last 30-second speech to the world, your tribe, your people, your corner of the world, what would that last 30 seconds sound like? What words of wisdom would you impart? I would say be curious. Go in, learn history for yourself. Learn about your ancestors. You'll find true history within your ancestry. Don't believe everything you, you've been told. Get out of that box. Find your own truth. Reclaim your own power. We've all had many lives, I believe. I do believe that it's the evolution of of each of us in each of these lives to actually come back to where we left off on the last one. And so just literally find your purpose and your passion within yourself. It's not outside of yourself. Everything that you're going to find has to be within you. And that's whether it's history or your beliefs, your religion, all of it. Make sure that it aligns with you, that experience. Find your experience. Beautiful. Shanna, thank you so very much for taking and making the time to be here with me today. It has been an absolutely beautiful and inspirational and hilarious conversation. (laughs) (laughs) I am so grateful to have had this opportunity to sit down and speak with you. It's been an absolute honor. And I am just grateful to be connected to you and to be able to call you a member of the Empowerography community. Keep shining that bright, beautiful light of yours out into the world through the work you do. I appreciate you. Oh, my goodness. I appreciate you as well. And I can't wait for you to come on my podcast yes. as well. Yes. Uh, I love what you do. I'm very inspired. And from one podcaster to the next to this is our passion and love and purpose. Thanks for doing what you do. Thank you. I appreciate you. Once again, my name is Brad Walsh, host of your Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest has been Shanna Vavra. She is an intuitive, a Reiki master teacher, a spiritual journey mentor, a podcast host, and last but certainly not least, a mother to four children. Thank you so much, Shanna. I hope you have a beautiful rest of the day. Thank you. Thank you very much for listening to this podcast. If you haven't yet, please be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share with all your friends. You can find me at visuphoria.ca, follow me on Instagram at Empowerography Podcast, and on Facebook at Empowerography. Please join me next time for another inspirational story from yet another amazing woman.